I see. <laughs> you both are in a little bit of a cold climate. There's a little bit of a cold here in Florida. Is there it's, a, a cold? 69. I don't know what that is. Is that in the uh, the 20s Celsius? Uh, yeah, 20, 22 maybe. No, it's 20.5. No, no, no. It's no, no. It's yeah. There we go. There we go. Sorry, I I, I screwed up my math. 20.5. Wow, that's uh, that is cold. We have a uh, a cruise coming up in the Mediterranean. And last time we did this cruise at Christmas time, uh, we wore jackets like the jacket I'm wearing the entire time. It was sub 20s, even down in Malta. And it was raining in Paris. And uh, it's currently uh, in the teens, potentially even colder this, this winter. So we're not really looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the trip, not looking forward to the weather. That's, I don't, I don't know how to react to that. That's, that's, that's very cold for that area. <laughs> it is. Now the raining, I don't mind, right? Because at least if it's a little bit warm, and by raining, I just mean like misty at all times. You're, you're kind of wet, but you're not soaking. Sure. Uh, but you know, there's a pretty big distance between Paris and Malta. You'd think that. You know, there'd be relatively large degrees difference in, in heat. And yeah. I, may have, I may have worn shorts out of spite, but I'm not sure I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I wore shorts because I brought them, not because I should have actually worn them. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't tend to, like, I, I bring shorts on every trip with me. I, I almost never put them on. Only when you go to the gym every day for your, uh, your oh. one hour. Workout. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> for your 45 minute swim and your one hour workout. Yeah, yeah. Generally I walk. That's weird. Generally I walk to the gym and then I go, yeah, that was a waste of time. And I turn around and walk back <laughs> all the way to the third yeah. floor. I said, wow, that, that looks like a lot of effort. Yep. Yep. Those guys look like they're working really hard. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Carlos, you got plans for Christmas? What's your deal? Are you going down to South America? We're going up north. Yeah, north. we're going north oh, to the, the snow. So uh, we're planning to go into the Wisconsin Dells area. Uh, the kids haven't been on a big snow, like that they can go into the hills and stuff like that. So we're going up Christmas Eve, and then we're going to come back on uh some time over there then going down to chicago for the food and things like that so i hope that i don't freeze like a popsicle <laughs> because i haven't been cold in a long time but that would be cool get to the google office of chicago i enjoy it oh that's true there's a google office in chicago yep we have past friends there number ziad he's he's still running pre-sales team now Oh, oh no kidding! Yep. Yeah, good guy. So, yeah, he's a good guy. We mentioned him in the pod. I'll, I'll let him know. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. So with all these things, I think that this week is the week of the automation or AI. Everybody's posting something about it. Uh, have you guys been paying attention to any of that? 
I'm not familiar with the so, term. So yeah. So I think 2023 is is likely to be the year that AI makes a an impact in our lives somehow. Like I think I think a, I think 2023 will be it'll be tangible. Um, and, and you may not like like maybe you won't see it, right? But um, but one of the projects that's really kind of jumped out at me is uh, uh, Chat GTP or Chat GPT. I can't ever remember which. Chat GPT three. This is the third iteration. GPT. I see. I see. Um, I, I will say for a for a uh, project by a group called Open API, they're not being very open at, about it at all. <laughs> that being said, um, if you haven't checked it out, I, I advise every single person on the that listens to our podcast, right, both of you, to go check it out. <laughs> um, it is. Um, I, I think you know it's very early right in it's kind of evolution even though it's on v3 but i think it's it's to the point where it can be a con contributor to kind of your day-to-day -day life right um and just start by asking the questions it's 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 faster and better than a google search on things that you'd have to have to make three or four clicks on um and like you know I, i've mentioned before i do a lot of dungeons and dragons um uh, one of the things i found really cool was i type give me a description of a room uh, in a dungeon containing a table laid with food that is poisoned, mm -hmm. right? So, so like I know what I want to be in the room, so I lay out what I want to be in the room, and then I tell it to give me that, and it gives me a a, a detailed description. That's look, it's written at the sixth grade level, right. but I don't actually need it to be written any higher than that to throw together a D and D game. This is not, you know, this isn't key interaction points here. Um, which actually brings up kind of where I think this AI is going. Um, and that is those things that we do or need um, that are, that are quasi filler, right? Like, okay, there's, I do want to take it. I do want to like do some things here, but ultimately it takes too much time to do it. Let's start this way. Or um, I need a prompt for a blog article or um, throw me some information about this, right? Um, kind of start the juices flowing. Uh, and then Notion, which if you guys don't know Notion, they, they write a like note-taking app that's very good. Yeah. They have a new beta um, for Notion AI, which really looks like what they've done is integrated chat GTP, GPT into some key kind of functionality that they see repeated often, like almost templatized AI. And so you can say things like, give me 10 ideas, give, you know, write a blog article, you know, um, like do do the things that that uh, that you generally want as a writer to kind of get started, um, and they integrate it right into their platform. I, I find it very interesting, and it's neat to kind of see this starting to come together. I uh, someone told me a quote recently about AI, and I thought it was compelling. They said uh, you look for search for implement AI when you have a specific difficult task that you're that you need to do repeatedly that you don't need to be 100% accurate. Uh, that seemed pretty apt to me. Uh, repeatable task, difficult to do. The goal isn't perfection, but the goal is that you should be able to repeat it and get better over time. And I think ChatGB kind of falls in that category. It's got a bunch of interesting data. It's going to learn as humans are interacting with it. It'll get better answers over time. You're shaking your answers now. No, no. Specifically, GTP is session-based. 
So anything you teach it in the session, it will drop after your session ends. No, but it right. was trained with people. It was, it was like it was trained. It wasn't just trained based on having access to storage. It was trained. But true. Yeah. True. Yeah. But, I'm, but they, um, the they're very specific. Yeah. Yeah. They're very specific to, to not allow the interactions to train the algorithm, which is both good and bad, right? Um, it's not necessarily something I'd want in a private system. In a private system, I'd want the interactions to train the AI. In a public system, it's too easy to troll the AI. True. It's too, like it's free. It's compelling to troll the AI, right? Um, which is kind of why I want them to, to make it publicly available so that you can run it yourself if you want. Now, it takes a terabyte of storage, has to run in memory, it takes a bunch of CPU cores. Like yeah. you run it yourself, you know, comes along with a, a certain level of uh, commitment and cost. So likely you as an organization, you know, but, um, what would you but I think it's point, interesting. What would you point at it? Like your, your internal... No, 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 no. Uh, the data sets, the data sets are already there, right? So, so I don't want you to want it to know and learn corporate content, corporate contacts. Sure. Yeah. If I sure. Um, for, you know, product names and values and so on and so forth, it should be able to see that. Yeah. Sure, I'd, I'd add that over time for sure, right? But I think I think you have to I think you have to be somewhat cautious about doing that in a system like that. Um, but I also think it starts to provide tremendous value. Microsoft's integrated that into their CRM. Right. So within Microsoft CRM, you can actually ask questions rather than just do a regular search. You can say, like, um, what are the what are the five states that show the most promise for next year's sales? Right. Right. Um, where do I sell? What are the 12 places I sell this the most? Um, and, and you can get somewhat complicated and it will answer complex questions. Um, and what's nice about it is it just dumps you to the result rather than all of the stuff we could do before. Right. But right. then, but you don't, you'd have to build the page. You'd have to build the, you know, the, the dashboard as it were. Um, and you have the ability then to just let it, let it think it knows what it's doing. And kind of to your point, it doesn't have to be hundred percent right. Um, yeah. But it's very, very fast. It's close enough. Right. So you're saying there is corporate applicability and it doesn't even require access to the corporate data, at least not yet. Uh, yeah, I agree. Right. I, I think if you gave people a place they could go and ask generalized questions, one, it's safer than Google. Sure. Right? Google indexes the world. Um, oftentimes your second or third link is malicious, you know, like like Google's trying, but they're but they are trying. So they're not they're not exactly good. And being able to ask it questions and have it have indexed the world um, gets you to kind of those layer three things that are a little harder to find than a Google search anyhow. And it's safer than Google. Um, so I think that stuff's really interesting. You start feeding it your corporate data. I think it's, I think it becomes more valuable, but I think the value starts right now. Now it is valuable. It is interesting. It is new, but don't we think that the Googles of the world are working on their own version of the same technology? Um, I, I'm sure they are right. But, but the question becomes who, who, who do you trust? Who can you trust? And who should you trust? Right? Like, if I'm being honest, I kind of don't want, I don't really want Google or Amazon or Microsoft to have that information. I don't want them to know. The, the less they know about me, the better at this point, because they, I think I just feel they know too much. Like, I don't want to sound paranoid because that's not like, like I'm not, I'm not ascribing More malice. Yeah. Right. 
but but they're pretty aware of what we do. I'd really like them to be less aware. And and while yes, they're absolutely doing it, um, this at this point is at least a free project that has a high likelihood of becoming an open source project as it evolves. Right. What about and, if they and, use? What about you use the technologies of the cloud providers, so you can build it for internal? You know, you will not want it that way. Uh, so if the cloud provider releases an open source version that has no connectivity to their cloud at all, sure, but they're not doing that. Zero percent of them are doing that, right? If I have the ability to deploy a component into my software, the component reaches out to their cloud and communicates with their cloud, in which case they still have the data. Right. Right. And, and it is very much kind of a catch-22, right? Like, do you really want to run that in your data center? Do you have the resources to commit to the overhead of these AI projects running in your data center, running in your environment, even if, even if it's an isolated cloud, right? Running as, as infrastructure, as it were. Um, and I'm not sure everyone would say yes. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone shouldn't say yes, right? So if you were to stack rank blockchain and chat GPT-3, which one has more corporate applicability i actually think it's jet jet uh, gpd um, blockchain is 15 years old this year by the way just uh, in terms of age you you sure. think if it was had wide corporate applicability that you know there'd be obvious and a variety of use cases currently in production now you'd think of blockchain I know, I, I, and again, I think blockchain. I think blockchain has wide applicability. Like if you think about it, um, uh, eraser coding took two decades before, you know, before it actually found its applicability. Um, it was neat on paper, and people tried to do it, but it was way too slow to roll out. Right. Right. Or way too slow to roll out in anything other than very dedicated kind of fashion. And today we use it all the time. Right. Um, you know, look at the, the differences that have happened in like uh, Elasticsearch over the last five years right. and the, the performance changes that they've made and the and the kind of applicability or right? graph databases. Lots of a lot of this stuff existed for years and years and years and, and celebrates a birthday that everybody goes, wait a minute, it's that old. But the reality <laughs> is, yeah, somebody developed it in a paper and it's just now been able to to, you know, to find that confluence of kind of market readiness along with the hardware support along with the, you know, the vehicle necessary to deliver it. Um, and blockchain just hasn't found its, its, its kind of confluence of events that gets it there. That, didn't hurt that, you know. And, and it doesn't have a lot of unique attributes beyond other architectures. Yes, there's uniqueness. I'm just saying that a lot of the solutions one could apply to blockchain could also apply, apply any other existing architecture to that solution. Right, so there's well, the, yeah. the the you people are trying to seek out some sort of unique applicability, and there hasn't necessarily been one other than Bitcoin. Um, I think there's a ton of unique uh, uh, applicability for it, but it's not free. Right, you know what I mean? Like no, and no one's really willing to invest in it not being free. Plus. Um, everyone controls the data, not just one side of the equation, right? So, so like if I use it, it, like contract management is a great use for blockchain, 
right? Um, edit, edit the contracts, get to the point where you agree on the contract, solidify the version of the contract, everybody signs to the contract, all of the automated actions that happen on the back end to get, to get a new, um, you know, uh, uh, PO delivered, uh, SOW finalized and locked in the system, payment schedules set up, whatever, whatever all that work is could all be automated. All sides could hold um, equal value in that particular system and all sides could then integrate with that system as, as needed. Like, I think that's a really good use of blockchain, but it's also really expensive to set up and what everybody has now using some e-sign tool seems to be working fine. That, that's right. Like one can solve that problem in something other than blockchain. That's the problem, right? Well, is, is there a well, problem that can only be solved with blockchain? That That's where it becomes interesting. No, but, but I think that's also a false dichotomy because none of the technology we have today, very little of the technology we have today was the only solution to the problem. It was simply a better solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. Right, like there's so few, so little tech that's truly revolutionary that way. Almost all of it is evolutionary. Okay, then I'll, I'll substitute the word only for better. Is there really a use case that blockchain is a better or fundamentally better than any other architecture one could use to solve that exact problem? General um, ledger. I actually, think- I don't buy general ledger. Can't be solved in the exact same way with some other technology. Uh, uh, no, but the problem, the problem with general ledger is it's internal and external, right? And then we're doing a data exchange. Blockchain is not a data exchange. Blockchain is equal participation by all sides. And it is in fact, a better way to handle that is that it does the betterness of it outweigh the value. Like, is there any ROI to that? That's where I think the problem comes in. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think, I think you're spending five or 10 X what it would cost to just continue to work with the system with its flaws. And that's where I think the problem often lies is blockchain just isn't cheap. And by isn't cheap, I mean blockchain is really expensive. <laughs> right. I guess I would fold that under the definition of better, but but I understand how you're dissecting those two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if better, if I mean, better has to wait to TCO, right? So is the technology, is the technological solution better? I would say yes. Is the ROI better? <laughs> Hell no, not by a not by a long stretch. And at this up to this point, all of the blockchain stuff has been very fragile, right? So the care and feeding of it is is pretty high. Where e-sign contract management is is really pretty low. Um, so so yeah. So I think that's what we keep running into with blockchain AI. I think is is very 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 different. And I think part of the problem with AI is. Um, uh, we want it to do simple things and it's really bad at simple things, right? Instead, what, what we really want is automation without AI. Automation without AI is still fan-freaking-tastic. And when so, you need high reliability, high accuracy, and incredibly repeatable basic tasks, non, non-AI automation is great. I don't need a decision framework in there, right? right? <laughs> I don't need something to be the decider. I just need it to take action, take the appropriate action, right? Um, faster, than and, I, and I think, yeah, yeah fa- faster, more reliable, and twenty-four by seven, right? Like, um, I don't care when the issue comes in, you know, when the task comes in, solve the task. There's no decision in 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 it, right? right. It's simply take action. Um, AI becomes becomes squidgy because it really is about the decision, 
And some of what makes AI, ooh, some of what makes AI great is that it is a black box, but it's also what makes AI dangerous. It's why it's why I think your definition is really really good, right? Things that are complex and don't need to don't need to be a hundred percent right all the time, right? right. Um, I think that's a really good way to look at that. So we tackled blockchain, we tackled AI. What else did we miss in our twenty twenty? ESG. We missed ESG. Wait, wait. What is that? What the heck is that? So, so ESG is a totally made up term, but it's environmental, <laughs> social, and and corporate governance. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me that there's no C, but it doesn't matter. It's effectively sustainability, right? People. So when we're talking about when we're ta- uh, it's environmental sustainability, right? So. Um, Europe has been way ahead of the of the U.S. of the Americas, I guess, in ESG. It's not been a big North America conversation until this year and really kind of the later half of this year. I sort of see a big spike in it, right? Conferences that I were going to, mm-hmm. conferences I was going to, were having this big ESG push. I was seeing a lot of the topics. Um, it's still like, like it's a little bit, of, it, it's a lot bit of greenwashing. Right. It's a lot of bit of like, how do I figure out how to report in a way that allows me to greenwash the situation? Um, moving to cloud as an ESG initiative is often a way to greenwash. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, take my carbon footprint, make it someone else's problem. Call it that I offloaded my carbon footprint. Mm, you're not really like like the cloud isn't free of carbon impact. Um, Microsoft, Amazon, Google, they're all now reporting back for ESG initiatives, right? What's your, what is your carbon spend for the year for the resource? Um, and they're starting to include it more and more and more in their documentation. So you can figure out what your carbon spend is based on the choices that you make. Um, I, I think that's going to be a big one uh, in the coming year, um, you know, especially for companies that are global, trying to kind of unify the discussion, with, even if they're outside, you know, even if the office or, or work is outside Europe. Um, I don't know if you guys are starting to see some of the same stuff with ESG. I, I see it both from the board perspective. So I'm seeing CISOs and CIOs present their power consumption numbers, right? Uh, and the presumption isn't necessarily that they're going to consume less power. In fact, arguably, they will consume more power over time, but they're consuming greener power. So the move to cloud, as an example, would only be valuable to you if that particular cloud used more green power than you currently use in your data center. It's kind of shuffling it around a bit because the power consumption is still the same. And I guess one could tweak their workloads to use different uh, product and therefore different power to support it, I guess. But for the most part, that power is increasing. So the question is, if I'm reporting on my power and that power is being consumed differently, am I getting the appropriate sustainability requirements I need to as my organization? I'm shrugging my shoulders to that. I I haven't really seen the proof point to that yet, but they're certainly reporting on it. And they're certainly doing their best to ensure that they can promote externally that they are more ecological than they were in the past more sustainable now than they were in the past, they might in fact have some sort of sustainability goal, right? They're carbon neutral by 2027. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'm seeing all that. I I will also agree that I think, I think a lot of it is kind of um, MBA theater, (laughs) right? Right. Like management consulting theater um, versus 
a real effort to become sustainable. I fully support environmentally healthy, environmentally conscious efforts, um, environmentally sustainable efforts. I'm not sure ESG is hitting the mark yet. And it's, it seems like a lot of management speak rather than a lot of, of actual effects. Here's an interesting question that was posed in some CI roundtables that recently is, was the power I consumed by having everybody at the office less than, greater than, or equal to, to all the power I'm consuming now everybody's at home in total for the corporation? Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. I don't think that's an easy question to answer. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's an easy question to swag. And I'm generally the first person to take a swag. Right. Um, so, like the power that you use when you're at the office and now if you're using the same at home. That's the question. Is it, is it uh, that's not better, worse or the same to your sustainability at home versus at the office? Sure. Well, uh, if you drive a thousand miles less a year, I would guess it's less. Like that's the thing, right? Um, do do we or do we not consider the commute, the cost of the commute to the environment? And right. But at the same time, that was the answer. That, that was the answer. All that less consumption of commute is the determining factor. It's not the power you use in your laptop. Sure, but uh, if we eliminate it. Then, then the reason that I would pause is it's probably similar within the same number of hours, but we saw during work from home that the number of hours people worked increased dramatically. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so, so I don't, I, I don't think the answer is super clear cut. I think the answer is, I think the answer is very complex. I would love to see some, somebody actually like kind of dig into it. Right. Do the things we choose at home, are they more or less power sensitive, right? Um, Is it power efficient? Yeah. Is it, is it like, do we use less electricity to power the lights that we do in our home multiplied by the number of people? You know what I mean? Like I have to think it's far, far less efficient for us to all be home at the same time, add over, add on the layer of the commute. And I think it starts to change. That, that was the presumption. That was kind of the what the what the audience suggested. That there might be a thirty to fifty percent premium of power consumption being at home per person. However, that does not overweigh the power the, the consumption of the of thousands of people going to work every day. Whether that's driving sure. or on the transportation or flying to your destination. So, so here's the question I have for you. Um, if you didn't turn everything off at the office and the office is still effectively running as it was, but empty and you've added the commute from home, does that now outweigh the, or the, 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 the consumption at home? Does that now outweigh the commute? Probably. Probably. Right. Cause like how many offices turned off the air conditioning, turned off all the lights, didn't have the cleaning crew in, you know what I mean? Like, like right. how much of that happened? And then with hybrid, it's all back on and all back on. Right. Even worse right. now. You're essentially consuming significantly worse because not only do you have the commute back, but all the power is back on and clearly they're not turning it off the one day people aren't in because people are staggering their days in. Yep. Yep. So it seems like if you try to use hybrid work as an ESG, you've increased net over when you were full in office, 
you've drastically increased net over when it was all work from home. And if ESG is really a thing you should do, that seems like an easy bat to swing. That's right. Right. <laughs> and it's a net win for your employees. I think, we've, right. I think we've talked quite a bit about our feelings on work from home. <laughs> I believe so. Right. Like it's a little, it's a little ridiculous. Uh, I, and I continue to see ridiculousness from companies, company after company, after company, after company, after company. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, come on guys. Like, like you, there's no argument that wins that if you're not building something physical or serving customers in person, go home. Right. The last one, last I mentioned might be, that you need to code something securely in some way that you need to be blocked off, right? That might be the only third dimension to that. Um, but I'm not like, we, we launched shit into space from our homes. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? Like we didn't stop coding securely in the two years that everybody was on work from home for COVID. Like sure. there are methods to do that. Um, sure. Are they as good? Mm, uh, we could argue that they're not. I would agree that they're not. At the same time, I'm much I'm much less concerned about secure coding as I am clean desk policies really needing to be something that people concentrate on at home. Like if you had a secure desk policy at work that mattered, you should also have a secure desk policy at home and it really should matter, right? Especially if you handle PII. If you work in HR, if you work in legal, if you work in finance, you should have a clean desk policy at home. And how would you audit that? Uh, I'm not sure that you can. Yeah, it's just a policy. You know what I mean? But but I think but but I think as an individual like that stuff should be important to you. My dog Somebody got let in. Somebody got let in. Uh, All right. Was, was there a fourth uh, fourth item we missed that we should have talked to Carlos? Do we miss anything in our no we, 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 we capture everything. So I think that the interesting detail how all these tools will really impact us. I think that is was last episode that we said, what will happen with the CEO five years from now? How all these changes that we're talking, the predictions, what we're looking at for 2023, how will that start shaping that new role of the CIO? Um, will any of these technologies need to be, hey, we should be looking at it, investing on them, uh, preparing for them uh, and how that can impact your budgets, your people and any decisions from the business. I think that um, I, I think I think we can actually take it away and go more individual than that. Right. If you look at the landscape of what's possible with uh, AI today, and that's why I really suggest that everyone look at chat GPT um, and kind of play with it. That's what it can do today. And what it could do a year ago was not one-tenth that. Mm -hmm. What it could do a year before that was not one-tenth that, right? This thing's increasing its capability at a, a exponential rate. Um, think about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and where the value lies in an AI-infested world, right? Um, and and, and I'd really spend some time over the holidays thinking about what is your personal development plan for 2023 look like in the face of some of the low-hanging fruit going away, right? Um, both from the perspective of uh, how much do I do that will, will continue to have value? And then second, what do I do with the time that I get back? And how do I, how do I make that time valuable as well? 
I'm not, I'm not sure you're going to have extra time, but I am concerned that you're not, you don't have anybody to take over for you when you leave or you, when you win the lottery. So if you're going to spend more time and energy, it's yes, learning new tech to, to prepare your team for the use of that tech going forward. But it's also to ensure that you have the people and the culture and the morale and the, 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 the process to which you need to implement that technology over time. There you go. That's what we think. Well, there we have it. The predictions from the Swiss Pop for 2023. Make sure that you stay on top of the chat GPT. I'm like, I'm writing a couple of blog posts right here, right now. A couple of cool things are coming out. So that technology will be impactful and interesting to see how probably we can implement it into video recordings, like answering questions and looking forward into what it will do for us. So my friends, make sure that you share, you subscribe, and we'll see you on our next episode.